Welcome to History Shouldn't Be a Mystery, the show where we talk about those historical figures you've probably heard of, but probably don't know too much about. I'm your host, Connor Bolanos, and today we're going to talk about one of the most important statesmen and generals of the 15th century in Eastern Europe, John Hunyadi, the governor and regent of Hungary. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty details about the generalship and the statesmanship of John Hunyadi, we need to start with his early life and his origins. Unfortunately for us, however, there are not too many records about John Hunyadi at the time, and there's very conflicting sources on his exact origins. However, the first reference to Hunyadi that we can see is in a, a royal charter of grant issued on the 18th of October, 1409, in which King Sigismund of Hungary is bestowing upon the Hunyad family a castle, the Hunyad castle to be specific, to John's father, Voik, and his four kinsmen of which John is included in there. However, there are some who argue that Voik is not the father of Hunyadi, and instead Antonio Bonfini says that although it's a rumor most likely started by Hunyadi's main rival Ulrich II, that has a passing remark to saying that John was actually King Sigismund's illegitimate son. However, this is considered by many to just be uh, unverifiable gossip. Well, the identity of John's father is in question. The identity of his mother is even in more question. Some say, however, in connection to the rumor that he is the illegitimate child of King Sigismund, some say that he, he was merely the son of a rich boyar or a nobleman. However, according to the historian Laszlo Mackay, John Hunyadi's mother was a member of the Muzina, Kenes family, from the Desmus region, which is in Transylvania. However, with regard to John Hunyadi's mother as well, the poet Bonfini, who was employed at the court at the time, provides an alternative solution as well, stating that she was a distinguished Greek lady, but does not name her. And however, this Greek may, origin may also be simply um, due to her orthodox faith, according to the historian Kubinyi. However, the ki future king and son of John Hunyadi, Math Matthias Corvinus, later wrote that his grandmother's sister, whom the Ottoman Turks had captured and forced to join the harem of an unnamed sultan, who was the rebellious son of, of Sultan Mehmed II. But based on this letter, the historian Kubinyi says that if the Greek connection cannot be discounted entirely, and as a result, if that report is valid, John Hunyadi, the hero of the anti-Ottoman wars and one of the main leaders of the crusade against the Ottomans at Varna, was actually the first cousin of the Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II. While his parentage is also unclear, his birth year is also unclear due to the records. Hunyadi's year of birth is uncertain. However, Gaspar Heltai writes that Hunyadi was born in 1390. However, most agree that this simply can't be true, and he was most likely born around 1405 or 1407, because Hunyadi's younger brother was born only in 1409, and a difference of around two decades between the two brothers' age is simply not plausible given the, t given the time period. And likewise, the place of birth is unknown, but a 16th century scholar by the name of Anton Vransic wrote that John Hunyadi had been a native to the Hatzeg region in Romania. So once again, Transylvania, which is where a majority of his lands were and where his upbringing occurred. After his childhood years, John Hunyadi found himself in the employ of numerous courts of other noblemen, as was common practice during the time for young nobles. According to Filippo Scolari's biographer, Rossellini wrote that Hunyadi spent his time as Scolari's page around the years 1420. However, Antonio Bonfini says that at the beginning of his career, Hunyadi worked either for Demetrius Kasuper, the Bishop of Zagreb, or for the Shazikes. 
According to the Byzantine historian Yannikos Chakalandelis, the young Hayandi stayed for a time at the court of Stefan Lazarevic, the despot of Syria, who died in 1407. So assuming that this is true, Hanyadi would marry his wife Elizabeth, the daughter of a Hungarian nobleman around the year 1429, and through this marriage would have two children, Ladislaus Hanyadi and Matthias Corvinus, the future king of Hungary who would be elected after the death of Ladislaus V, which, by the way, is not his other son. After his marriage, and while still a young man, Hanyadi entered the ret retinue of King Sigismund, serving for a total of two years. And during this time, he served under Filippo Maria Visconti, the Duke of Milan. And many modern scholars say that it was during this time that Hanyadi familiarized himself with the principles of contemporary military art and including the employment of mercenaries in Milan, which is something he'd come to do in his wars against the Ottomans. After this, Hanyadi would once again join the entourage of Sigismund, who had in the meantime been crowned the Holy Roman Emperor in Rome at the very end of 1433, and during this he served the monarch as a court knight. However, Sigismund would then enter Prague in the summer of 1436 and hire Hanyadi and 50 lancers for three months in October of 1437 for 1,250 gold florins. This implies that during the time Hanyadi had accompanied him to Bohemia. And it's during this time that Hanyadi seems to have studied the Hussites' tactics on the occasion, especially in regards to wagon fortresses, well, using wagons as mobile fortresses in battle. And on the 9th of December, 1437, however, Sigismund would die, causing Hanyadi to leave his court and his service. However, his son Albert was later elected the king of Hungary after nine days, and according to the historians Teki and Angle, Hanyadi would soon return to the southern frontiers of the kingdom, which had been subject for years at this point to Ottoman and Wallachian border raids. For all of you just joining us, this is History Shouldn't Be a Mystery, and today we're talking about John Hanyadi, the governor and regent of Hungary, and currently we are about to get into his early encounters with the Ottoman Empire in the years 1438 to 1442. So from 1438 to 1442, after leaving the employ of King Sigismund, Hanyadi took a more active role in fighting the Ottomans and Wallachians in the border regions of Transylvania. However, this simply wasn't the only military issue that Hanyadi was getting himself involved in. After the death of King Albert, who had only a few years previously succeeded to the throne of Hungary, there was yet another succession crisis within the Kingdom of Hungary between, at this point, King Vladislaw, the chosen candidate by the estates of the realm, and also Ladislaus, who was the son of King Albert, but at this time was but an infant. Hanyadi decided to side with Vladislaw, the king of Poland, and was instrumental in defeating the partisan forces that opposed his rule, and in doing so was granted even more control over the lands in eastern Hungary, which would prove to be an issue later on as he tries to centralize control and others are more wary of Hanyadi's rise to power. And then after this incident, in the years 1441 and 42, Hanyadi was instrumental in fighting off Ottoman forces, at this time numbering around 70,000 with only 15,000 men and in the border regions of Transylvania. And during this time, even managed to overthrow the king of Wallachia, replacing him with, Bas with the king Basarab. However, and these successes only contributed to Hanyadi's fame in Hungary and across all of Christendom. As a result of these successes, Hanyadi was even granted more lands to administer, particularly the lands east of the river Tizza by the Diet of Hungary, and in doing so also made him one of the seven captains-in-chief of the kingdom during the early regency of Ladislaus, after the Battle of Varna, which we are going to about which we are going to get into now. 
as a pretext to the Battle of Varna and the Crusade of Varna, as it's also known as. In April of 1443, the King Vladislaus and his barons decided to mount a major campaign against the Ottoman Empire, under pressure from the papacy and many other Christian monarchs who sought an end to the Ottomans, who at this time were posing a major threat to Eastern Europe. Spending around 32,000 gold florins from his own treasury, Hanyadi would come to hire more than 10,000 mercenaries, alongside the king's own muster troops, and also reinforcements from Poland and Moldovia, from which the king was also the king of those countries. The king and Hanyadi would depart for the campaign at the head of an army of 25 to 27,000 men strong in the autumn of 1443. In theory, while it was the king that commanded the army, the true leader of the forces was Hunyadi himself, and the despot Durad Brankovic also ended up joining him with a force of 8,000 men. Hanyadi, during this campaign, commanded the vanguards and was responsible for the routing of many of numerous smaller Ottoman forces, hindering their ability to unify, and in doing so was able to capture cities such as Nice and Sofia. However, Hungarian troops were unable to break through the passes of the Balkan mountains towards Edirne, and, and due to cold weather and a lack of supplies, the Christian troops were forced to stop the campaign at Zlatista. And after being victorious at the nearby Battle of Konovica later, they returned to Belgrade in January and Buda in February 1444, victorious. Due to the successful Christian advance into the Balkans against the Ottomans, there were numerous peoples within the empire itself in the Balkan Peninsula that were inspired to revolt. And for, for example, Skanderberg, an Albanian noble who ended up expelling the Ottomans from Kruhe and all other fortresses once held by his family. This was also probably one of the most significant rebellions at the time as Skanderberg in his own right was a prominent general who deserves his own episode on, on history shouldn't be a mystery. Due to the pressure from these rebellions, alongside pressure from a rebellion in Anatolia, the sultan at the time, Murad II, offered generous terms of peace to the king. And, that king, and the king would come to accept those, and those terms being a truce of 10 years. And this was accepted by the Hungarian envoys at Edirne on the 12th of June, 1444. Hanyadi proposed to the king to confirm the advantageous treaty. However, a cardinal at the time, Cardinal Cesarini, urged the monarch to continue the crusade. On the 4th of August, the king took a solemn oath of launching another campaign against the Ottoman Empire before the end of the year, even if the peace treaty was concluded. King Vladislaus, whom Cardinal Cesarini urged to keep his oath, decided to hold up to his promise and invade the Ottoman Empire in autumn, what proved to be a crucial mistake for the king. And upon the cardinal's proposal, he offered Hanyadi as well the crown of Bulgaria, something which was unprecedented at the time and unfortunately would never come to pass for Hanyadi. The crusaders departed from Hungary on the 22nd of September of that year, and they planned to advance towards the Black Sea across the Balkan Mountains. However, they would soon come into clash with the Ottoman forces at the infamous Battle of Varna on November 10th, 1444. At this battle, the outnumbered Christian troops were decisively defeated by the Ottoman forces, resulting in the death of King Vladislaus, who in a charge against the Janissary units was himself killed and upon the retreat, his body was later found in the river, supposedly. However, since his armor was never found, there were many doubts about whether or not he actually survived. Some say he survived and ended up living in Portugal and as a repercussion for breaking a treaty as was seen as possibly a symbol from God. However, most importantly for this episode, Hanyadi himself was captured, but later released by Vlad Dracul, the king of Wallachia who replaced Basarab, who, as I mentioned earlier, was installed by Hanyadi as the king of Wallachia. After his return to Hungary following his capture on the 6th of June, 1446, 
Two years after the disastrous bar Battle of Varna, Hanyadi was elected by the Diet of Hungary to be the sole region of the country and was bestowed the title of governor. During his time as governor, he fought multiple domestic and foreign conflicts against the enemies of Hungary and those who refused to submit to his authority. Most famously, Ulrich II, the Count of Selji, who he had the most heavy rivalry with at the time. And it, however, despite his efforts, Ulrich II would continue and main on to continue to hold on to and maintain his power until his eventual demise at the hands of the king rather than Hunyadi. On the foreign front, however, Hunyadi was once again amping up the pressure against the Ottomans after the defeat at the Battle of Varna. In the year 1447 of December, Hunyadi invaded Wallachia and, de and dethroned Vlad Dracul, the person who had previously released him from his imprisonment and the person who had replaced Basarab, who Hunyadi had previously installed as king. So as you can tell, there is a continuous cycle of Wallachian kings being overthrown by the Hungarians and then overthrown again by yet another monarch. And additionally, and then next year in September of 1448, at, under pressure of numerous Christian monarchs and once again the papacy and his own desire for revenge against the Ottomans, Hunyadi renewed his anti-Ottoman war efforts, leading 16,000 men through Serbia and plundering the lands due to his view of Serbia being an Ottoman ally. However, Serbia wasn't so much of an Ottoman ally, as during the Battle of Varna, the Serbians had joined up with the Christian forces, and during the Lawn Campaign, as it's known, the Serbians sent those 8,000 men to help out John. So it's unknown exactly why he ended up plundering lands. Most likely answer is probably for wealth and riches and also supplies for his forces. However... Hanyadi's main goal and the main concern of Mehmed II at the time was that Hanyadi was moving his men to meet up with the Albanian general Skanderberg. And to prevent this from happening, as it would have been a disaster, seeing as both Hanyadi and Skanderberg were, about the, two, were the two most competent generals that were facing Mehmed II at the time, Mehmed II met Hanyadi in a three-day-long battle on the 17th of October, 1448, which ultimately resulted in the defeat of Hanyadi's forces. Unfortunately for Hunyadi, while on the retreat, he was captured by the Serbian despot, whose lands he was previously just raiding with all those men, and as a result was forced to sign a humiliating treaty in which he had to pay 100,000 gold florins in ransom, return all the domains that he had acquired from the then-despot Dorad Brankovic, and also send his son to the despot as a hostage. Following this humiliating treaty in 1450, however, Hanyadi would lick his wounds, rebuild his forces, and wage a new war on Serbia, reversing the effects of the treaty, however, at the expense of an additional 150,000 gold florins. Following this was seen the decline of Hanyadi's power as governor. He convoked a diet to Buda, but the barons and the prelates preferred to visit Vladislav, who was by this time of age to rule, in Vienna in November. Going to this diet, Hanyadi would renounce the regency, but the king ended up appointing him the captain general of the kingdom on the 30th of January, 1453, being granted the title of Perpetual Count, the first hereditary title in the entire kingdom of Hungary. Welcome back to History Shouldn't Be a Mystery. If you're just tuning in, we just finished talking about John Hunyadi's time as governor of Hungary, and now we're going to get into his final efforts against the Ottoman forces in 1554. So in 1554, Mehmed II ended up invading Serbia, one of the key buffer states between Hungary and the Ottoman Empire, and laid siege to the town of Smedervo, thus violating the truce in November of 1451 that was previously signed between his empire and Hungary. 
Hanyadi, through this, decided to intervene and started to assemble his, assemble his armies, forcing the Sultan to lift the siege and leave Serbia in August of that year. However, an Ottoman force 32,000 strong continued to pillage the lands of Serbia up until Hanyadi rooted them on the 29th of September of that year. Following this, Hanyadi would make raids against the Ottoman Empire and destroying Vindin before returning back to Hungary. At this time, envoys from Magusa were the first to reform the Hungarian leaders that Mehmed II was making preparations for a direct invasion against Hungary itself. In a letter addressed to Hanyadi, the papal legate Cardinal Juan Caraval, who addressed John Hanyadi, by the way, as the Maccabees of our time, made it clear that there was not much of a chance of foreign assistance against the Ottomans, meaning that the Hungarians were all alone in their endeavors. As a result of this, the Diet ordered the mobilization of the armed forces in April. However, most barons failed to obey and continued the war against local adversaries, including the Hussites in Upper Hungary who were proving to be a problem during this time period. Before departing from Transylvania against the Ottomans, Hanyadi also had to face a rebellion of his own within his own Transylvanian domains. When King Vladislaus left Hungary for Vienna in May of 1456, Hanyadi would hire 5,000 Hungarian, Czech, and Polish mercenaries and sent them to Belgrade, the target of the Ottomans and also a key fortress in the defense of Hungary's southern frontiers. The Ottoman siege of Belgrade, which was personally commanded by Sultan Mehmed II, began with the bombardment of the walls on the 4th of July. Hanyadi proceeded to immediately form a relief army and assembled a fleet of 200 ships on the Danube, and that flotilla assembled by Hanyadi would destroy the Ottoman blockade of the city, and the triumph prevented the Ottomans from enforcing a blockade, enabling for supplies and troops to enter into the fortress, and forcing the Ottomans to start a general assault on the 21st of July. And with the resist assistance of crusaders who were continuously arriving to the fortress, especially many local peasants from the area, Hanyadi repulsed the fierce attacks by the Ottomans and ended up breaking into their camp on the 22nd of July. And although wounded during the fights, Sultan Mehmed II himself decided to resist, but a riot in his camp would force him to lift the siege and retreat from Belgrade during the night. And during this battle, the Sultan personally fought and killed a knight before ending up taking an arrow to the thigh, in which he was forced to retreat, which is part of the main reasons that the Ottoman forces broke at that battle. The Crusaders' victory over the Sultan, who had conquered Constantinople in 1453, as we mentioned in our previous episode, generated enthusiasm across Europe. Processions to celebrate Hanyadi's triumph were made in Venice and Oxford. However, in the Crusaders' camp, unrest was growing because the peasants denied that the barons had played any role in the victory. And to avoid an open rebellion, Hanyadi and Cuspi Trano, one of the cardinals at the time, disbanded the Crusaders' army. But this defeat of the Ottomans prevented their expansion into Eastern Europe at large for 70 years. Unfortunately, tragedy struck, as on August 11th of that year, a plague broke out, forcing Hanyadi to be taken ill and die. As was said by the future Pope Pius II in his book, Europe, Hanyadi governed the country with an iron rod, as they say, and while the king was away, he was regarded as his equal. After routing the Turks at Belgrade, he survived for a brief time before dying of disease. When he was ill, they say that he forbade the body of our Lord to be brought to him, declaring that it was unworthy for a king to enter the house of a servant. Although his strength was failing, he ordered himself to be carried out to church, where he made his confession, in Christian way, received the divine Eucharist, and surrendered his soul to God in the arms of the priests. Fortunate soul to have arrived in heaven, as both herald and author of the heroic action at Belgrade. And thus ends the story of John Hanyadi, the governor, the white knight of Transylvania, 
and probably the savior of Hungary from the Ottoman forces for 70 years within the Balkans. If John Hunyadi did not have these crucial military victories against the Ottomans, it's likely that they would have been able to continue and expand into the Balkans much faster and earlier than they did in real life.